Well, good, good morning. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hey, I know some of you, you look forward to this and you are excited to be at church um, uh, this morning. I know others of you, maybe it's been a while since, since you've been at church and I just want you to know we're so glad that you are here with us today. Um, others of you, I know maybe you were dragged here against your will. I know this. We saw your heel marks in the parking lot, okay? Um, I, I want you to know we're, we're glad you're here as well, and just a Merry Christmas to all of you. One of the things we do say uh, here at Edinburgh is we, we really don't care, you know, how you dress, what you wear. We're just glad that you're wearing something today, all right? And so just sit back, relax, just enjoy the rest of the service. Um, we're, we really are just so glad you're here. Uh, we, as a church, have been in the series called Peace on Earth, and we've been sort of seeing what the Bible says about this theme of peace, because it really is a major theme of Christmas. It's in a lot of the Christmas music we sing. Um, it's certainly a part of the Christmas story, and yet we've, we've seen it, it's hard to walk in this peace. Uh, even though it's part of the Christmas story, it's not easy to experience this peace and have this peace in our lives. And I'm not sure if anything challenges our peace more than fear. Specifically, fear of the unknown, fear that we experience when we're in the hard times of life, fear when we're in the storm of life. I'll never forget uh, many years ago, Danielle and I, we were on a flight from Dallas, Texas, and we were flying up to Minneapolis. And um, I had flown probably a hundred times at this point. I've done a lot of flying in my life, but I had never been on a flight like this. There was so much turbulence. We went into this storm system. You could actually see clouds lighting up around us with lightning, and our plane was dropping. It felt like you were on a roller coaster ride. Our our, our stomachs were up in our throats. The the plane was rocky, and uh, at one point, uh, the overhead compartment door popped open uh, because it was so rocky, and so the uh, airline stewardess uh, in the back unbuckled herself, and she stumbles down the aisle, closes the door so a suitcase doesn't fall out on somebody, and uh, it even got worse. And so I, I saw her do what looked to me like some kind of airline protocol where she braced the aisle and put a foot on each side of the aisle by the seats and then grabbed a seat with each hand to brace herself and then she put her head down. And I said, Danielle, do you see this? Uh, she's following some kind of airline protocol. What is it that she knows that we don't know? And Danielle said, Brent, you need to calm down. And I said, no, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. She's following some kind of airline protocol. We're 30,000 feet in the sky in this storm. And I just felt so helpless. I felt so out of control. Uh, Eventually, we came out of the storm, and and the landing gear came down, and we hit the runway. And uh, Danielle grabbed our luggage. I grabbed a new pair of pants. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we, I, I had never been so excited to be back on solid ground. But when I was on that flight, all I could think to myself was, God, we could use some help here. I'm not in control. You're in control. Would you help our pilot? Would you help this plane? Just a little help. And maybe some of you today, that's how you feel. I, I just, I, I, Lord, I need some help. God, I could use 
a little help. My mom, she recently sent me this box of stuff she had found um, from my childhood, uh, stuff she was clearing out closets, and in that box was this trophy. Now, this was a trophy. It's not going to mean much to you. Uh, it was an air-it-out trophy. This was a, a flag football tournament that I, I competed in with some friends as a young teenager. And my mom sent it up, and I found the trophy, and it just brought all these memories back from my childhood. I actually put it on the desk. What you don't know is that's where our wedding picture used to be. Um, <laughs> Danielle's not thrilled about that. Um, but I put it there because for me, it, it's a reminder of just a more carefree time in my life before I experienced so many storms. And I don't know if there's a picture or anything, a memento, something like that that you've ever looked at and just took you back and you're like, man, that's just when life seems so much easier until I experienced the storms of life that seemed to grow as we get older. You know, Danielle and I, uh, we, we've been, we got married pretty young, and it, for the most part, it's been a great marriage, uh, but we've, we've had some stormy seasons too. And there's been some times where we just said, God, we could use some help. We've had some job loss and financial scares and storms where we didn't know how we were going to pay our mortgage. Just, God, we could use some help. We have three kids, Logan, Michaela, and Callie. Logan and Michaela, they're, they're twins. They're nine years old. Callie just turned three. There's a seven-year difference. And that tells you everything you need to know about having twins, okay? <laughs> um, we have great kids, but honestly, most days, <laughs> we're like, we don't know what we're doing. God, we could use some help. And so I just, I, I just wonder... What are those storms that you've experienced in your life, or what is that storm that maybe you find yourself in today? For some of you, it's a marriage that didn't make it, or maybe you had a child that seems so promising and they're not walking the path we wish they were walking. It would be insecurity and instability at a job, or maybe you recently lost a job. I know some of you have had medical diagnosis that has created a new normal for you and your family. I can speak just here at our church. I know some of you have lost loved ones just this last year. You've lost a parent or you've lost a spouse. Some of you have even lost children. And maybe you find yourself just saying, God, I, I just, I, I need, I need a little help. I could use a little help today. I don't know what that storm is that you've come out of or that storm is that you're dealing with, but I do know that God knows and I do know that God cares and I do know God wants to heal and I know God wants to save. And that's why I love John 3.16. I want you to see what John 3.16 says. It says, for God so loved the world. It means he loves you. He loves every single one of us that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, God loves you and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Friends, this is what the Christmas story is all about, that Jesus, 
came into our world. He entered into our storms. He enters into our life so that we can have peace in our storm, so that we can have hope in our storm, so that we can be so overcome by his love that our pain can be overcome as well. And when I think about someone who experienced a storm and whose life took a turn that he wasn't expecting, I, I think of the Christmas story, I, I think of Joseph. Um, Joseph was the earthly father of Jesus, and we're told that Joseph was an honorable man. He was honorable in his work as a carpenter, he was honorable in his relationships with others, and he was honorable in his relationship with Mary, the mother of Jesus. In fact, he was so honorable, uh, we're told that uh, they, they had no sexual relations during their engagement. And yet one day, uh, Mary, point blank, is going to tell Joseph um, that she's pregnant. And in that moment, you can just imagine a hundred dreams for Joseph's future are going to be shattered. And his life will never be the same, and Joseph knows it. Here he is, he's tried to do all the right things, he's tried to follow God's ways, and now he feels by betrayed from someone close to him, I, maybe some of you can relate to that today. And even as Mary mumbles something about, you know, this being God's doing, Joseph can't help but be sick to his stomach and feel like his world is falling apart. And I just want to take a time out here and just ask you a question. How do you respond when you get news like that? How do you respond? Most of us, we feel like, it couldn't get any worse, and we lose all hope. But I want you to see how Joseph responded. This is from Matthew's gospel account. We read this in chapter 1. Joseph, Mary's fiancé, he was a good man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, what's going on here is Joseph had every right to call out Mary, to shame Mary, to clear the air with the other townspeople and let them know what had happened. But Joseph wasn't going to do that. He was just going to continue to trust God. He was just going to continue to trust that if I do the right thing, if I do what's good, then I will see God's goodness in my life. He believed that even out of the ashes, God could still bring beauty. Joseph just kept continuing to trust God. Even in a storm. And as we continue reading, we see he keeps trusting as Joseph considered breaking off the engagement. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, sometimes we hear this story, and it's kind of like this cute Christmas story. Maybe it even seems like this would have been exciting, but at the time, this would have been a nightmare situation. Uh, we're told that Herod, who was the king at the time, he's this lunatic king. 
And he's going to hear rumors that this Jesus is going to be the next king. And so he's going to give a decree to have all the newborn baby boys in Bethlehem put to death. And so in the middle of the night, Joseph and Mary, they're going to have to pack their bags and they're going to have to flee to Egypt like refugees. Where they're going to have to live until Herod's death. They just kept, both Joseph and Mary, just trusting God. And as Jesus got older and he started his ministry, he started making these claims. He started claiming to be God. And this brought all kinds of ridicule and attack on the family. And and Joseph and Mary, they didn't understand it all. And then at the age of 33, Jesus is going to be nailed to a Roman cross. And through all of this, Joseph and Mary, they just kept continuing to trust God. They just trusted God. I'm sure it didn't always make sense. I'm sure they had times where they just wondered, God, where are you at in all of this? This doesn't make sense. But they just continued trusting, and here we are 2,000 years later, still talking about Joseph and Mary, these peasants that God used to be a part of God's saving plan for the world. And with that said, I I just today want to share with you a couple thoughts. Here's my first thought. Don't stop trusting God in your storm. Don't stop trusting God in your storm. I'm going to be the first to tell you I am really bad at this. I don't have this all figured out. It just takes the smallest disruptancy in my life to cause me to think the sky is falling and to stop trusting I lose my wallet and I will lose my mind. I know it's a trivial example, but my wife, she has a way of moving things on me. My wallet, my keys, and I get so upset. A couple weeks ago, I was trying to find my earphones. I wanted to go work out. I knew my wife had moved them on me. I couldn't, we couldn't find them anywhere. I, I seriously, I had a bitter, critical spirit all week. Later that week, I go, I'm taking out the trash, and I put on this coat I hadn't worn in a while, and I put my hands in the pocket, and my fingers get tangled up in my earphones. And um, I realized this is the coat I was wearing the last time I I listened to my earphones, and I thought the audacity of my wife to move my earphones and, and put them in this old coat. No, she didn't put them in there. I put them in there. I can be a real pain to live with at times. I'm going to be the first to tell you I have a hard time trusting God when things go wrong in my life. But there is something that helps me when I can just get away and get some quiet time. And I can just remind myself of some basic truths, friends. Just some basic truths. I remind myself that first off, there is a God. There is a creator who created all this. Friends, this isn't here by accident. You're not here by accident. There, there can't be something from nothing. This came from something. I believe in a big bang, but I also believe there was a big God who pulled the big trigger. And I remind myself of that. There is a God. And then I remind myself, too, that this God loves me. And this God loves you as well. That's what the Bible says. That he cares means he cares for us. He wants what's best for us. And then I remind myself that he has a plan. He has a specific plan for my life. No matter what I'm going through, if I'll trust him. This is what Jeremiah 29.11 says. 
says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Do you hear this? God has a good, good, good plan for your life if you trust him. And so I want to encourage you, don't stop trusting God in your storm. You'll be tempted to. Remember, he's got a plan for your life. And the second thought I wanted to share with you was put your full trust in Jesus to save you. Now, I know some of you say, okay, that's what the preacher is supposed to say. But you need to understand this is part of the Christmas story. Um, The angel goes on to say this uh, to Joseph in verse 21. He says, Mary will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, by the way, literally means the Lord saves. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to save us from our sin. And I want you to think about it for just a second. Just take this room, for example. Think about how much sin is in this room. There's a lot of sin in this room. And a lot of that's mine. And then I look at you people and I realize you have committed a lot of sins. That's a lot of sin just in this room. Who could carry all that sin upon himself? Who could possibly carry the weight of all this sin? much less the sin of the world. Friends, only God could carry the sin of the world. And that's who Jesus was. He was God, fully God, who was born into this world, fully man. Only the God-man could carry the sins of the world upon himself and could die on a cross as the perfect righteous one who could pay the penalty for all of that sin so that you and I can be forgiven from that sin, so that you and I can be off the hook, so that you and I can be set free from that sin. Only God could do that. And you read about Jesus. Jesus did all kinds of miracles when he was here on earth. He healed people. And then after his death on the cross, we're told three days later, he was raised from the dead. There's there's never been anyone like Jesus. Friends, the only one who can save us is Jesus. There's no one like him. And we have hope in his name. You know, I'm going to show you a picture of Warren Buffett up here for a second. You know, Warren Buffett, he's a powerful, influential person. He can simply say something about the market and he can change markets. He's a very powerful person, but he can't save you from your sin. You might not know who this next person is. This is Jeff Bezos. He is the founder and the CEO of Amazon. He's considered the wealthiest man in the world. He might have been able to help you with your Christmas shopping, but he can't save you. How about Oprah? Oprah's one of the most influential people of our time. In fact, she was once meeting with the President of the United States and someone said, there is the most powerful person in the world and sitting next to her is the President of the United States. She's been able to inspire millions of people, but Oprah can't save you from your sin. How about Beyonce? 
You know, Beyonce, she's an amazing musical artist, so my wife tells me. <laughs> People today are actually asking the question, what would Beyonce do? I know she would tell you to put a ring on it. That's about all I know. That's, a, that's about all I know about Beyonce. But I know Beyonce wouldn't die for me. And even if she could, she's not God. And she couldn't pay the price for my sin. Friends, the only one who can save us from our sin is Jesus. And I just want to ask you the question, who or what are you trusting to save you? Uh, Mark Thurston, he's a good friend of mine. He used to be on staff here at Edinburgh. Now he's on the board of directors here at the church. He and his wife, Cheryl, I love them dearly. I want you to hear their story. They're going to share their story with you. I want you to watch this video. Okay, what do you guys like about Christmas? Well, one of the things I really like about Christmas is the day after Thanksgiving when we get the family together, we go up to the tree farm and cut down our, our, our own tree. We've been doing it for, gosh, I don't even know how many years when it was just our four kids and now three of our kids are married and we've got eight grandkids that come along with us. And there's just a lot of stories that have come out of the time there. Uh, walking around the tree farm looking for the perfect tree, having a lot of a station to different places because that might be the tree or that might be the tree and there's been great weather and not so great weather and, and just the time that we, we spend as a family together. And, and family is another thing I, I really love about Christmas, getting together and, and I love giving presents. I love sitting there watching, the, watching my kids and the grandkids and you open presents and things like that. That just brings me a, a, a lot of joy that this season is very busy there's a lot going on, a lot of stress is added to it, but there's so much uh, really cool stuff, hanging out with the family, uh, really emphasizing Jesus and, and who he is and what he did and why he did what he did, uh, and making that the focal point of, of our time. The ornaments that we put on the tree are the same ornaments that I've had since I was a little girl. My mom and I painted them together, and then a lot of ornaments are gifts that have been given to us. And I love putting the ornaments on the tree every year and all the memories that I have of all the children. Well, I, I remember that night in September real well. I was uh, at Caribou Coffee. I was having a, a meeting with a, a young man, and Cheryl texts me and says, I'm at Urgent Care, which is just down the road from our house. And I thought that was kind of weird because Cheryl just doesn't like doctors and, and really hadn't, you know, it, it'd be something pretty serious for her to go. And um, as she has said, she wanted to go back to work. So that's what I said. I got there just in time uh, to, to hear some information and then see the x-ray that showed the mass on her left lung. Uh, and they started using the word lung cancer. I remember right away, early on, I felt that the enemy was trying to take away my faith in God. And I, I remember getting mad and thinking there's no way I'm going to not trust God through this and just knowing that God is sovereign and that he is cares about me and he this this was what he was walking with me he was with me all the, every single minute and it was okay and 
honestly, through, um, it was the day before Thanksgiving when my daughter came over and shaved my head and it was like, okay, this is, you just like live in this like surreal time where um, it's like not even you that's going through it, but God just walked through it with me every step of the way. And I remember feeling like when I felt good, I, I remember just feeling like it was Christmas every day that I felt good. And it was the most incredible joy and peace that I had. Uh, it was for sure a miracle. I would say that the greatest gift through this story of having lung cancer was just to know that God's presence is always with us and that His presence is the greatest gift. In, and really, I did really believe that to, to live as Christ and to die is gain. It, I'm not afraid of dying and because God is so real and He gives peace and joy like I can't explain nothing this world, this world has could ever give the peace and joy that God gives when you put your trust in Him. And I, that's all I've done is trusted in His sovereignty and trusted in His love and His care for me. I mean, pain is not fun. It's, <laughs> it's hard. And so, and then with, with all the unknowns of the cancer coming back and having to take this chemo pill and having pain now that I'll have, probably side effects from the chemo pill or from radiation, You, I just have to keep giving it to the Lord. I just give it right back to Him. It's just like taking a, you know, giving the worry ball back right back to Him and, and trusting Him with whatever it is that He has for me. He is trustworthy. He is, he is able to do all things and He is able to Give us faith to trust him, even when it seems impossible. And that was a that was a huge deal for me is 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 asking that question. God, can you be trusted? Are you trustworthy through all these situations, for all these things? The, and and the answer was a resounding yes. He is. He is trustworthy. He is worthy of my trust. He he is faithful. Uh, he is not ever changed. And and because of those things that I never would have chosen. He is more real to me today than he ever has been. But life, this life is so short compared to eternity. That's the, that's the key. This is nothing compared to eternity. No, and, and that's, what we, that's what we need to look forward to. We do look forward to that. Yeah, and God gives great joy and peace mm -hmm. when we trust him. She kissed me. Oh my goodness. I want to thank Mark and Cheryl for telling us their story. You know, there's a lot of unknown there, and they're in a storm, but they do trust Jesus. And there's two things that Mark and Cheryl really have going for them. The first is they believe that they have assurance of eternal life because of what Jesus has done for them. You heard Cheryl say she doesn't fear death. Friends, the reality is all of us at some point are going to die. We're all terminal and we don't know when. And I don't say that to scare anybody. 
I say that because I love you. And I want what's best for you. It means I care for your life. And I care about your eternity and where you're going to spend it. Death is a reality, but we have this great hope because we know that Jesus has done everything necessary so that we don't have to fear death if we put our trust in him. The Bible tells us where we will go, that we will live with him here on earth, but that he will carry us to heaven to spend eternity with him there. And friends, what I'm talking about, it's, it's not about religion. We're trying to be a good enough person. We're trying to do enough good things so that God will love you and God will accept you. That's not what it is. It's about a relationship with Jesus who has already done everything necessary. He's already done it all. All he asks us to do is to accept that, to receive that by faith. That's the gift he holds out to every one of us today. The second thing that Mark and Cheryl have going for them is they have Jesus in their life. It's not just about the future. It's about today. Jesus is walking with them. Jesus is comforting them. Jesus is giving them hope right now. He's giving them direction. He's teaching them how to live. He's giving them a peace that comes from heaven that's not from this world. And friends, you can have that too. Jesus doesn't desire religion from you. What he desires is a relationship with you. For you to know him and for him to be able to come into your life and love you in a very personal and real way. But the only way that can happen is if we invite him into our life to do that. We have to give him that invitation. We have to say, Jesus, I, I want you to come into my life and I want you to do for me what you have already done for me. I want that to be true for my life because Jesus, only you can save. And friends, it's Christmas. And that's the gift God gives us. And some of you, you could walk out today with that free gift that God holds out to you. And I know some of you, you've already made that decision and you've already invited Christ into your life. And for you, this is just a celebration of what Jesus has already done. But I know for others of you, you need to make that decision today and you need an opportunity to invite Christ into your life and to receive the gift of salvation that he gives to you, that he died so that you could have. And so what I want to do is I'm just going to ask that we would just bow our heads and I want to close this in a prayer. While your head is bowed, I would just tell you, it, it, you don't have to repeat this prayer or say what I'm going to say. God sees your heart. All you do in your heart is you say, yes, Lord, I want that. This is true of me. This is true for my life. And so, God, I just say thank you for what this time of year is all about. We say thank you that you were willing to be born into our world, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross so that the sins of the world could be paid, and that on the third day you were raised, making it clear that you can save and I know there's some of us out here today who we need to just pray this prayer in our hearts. We just say, Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin, Lord. I'm sorry for making a mess of things. And I want your help. 
asking that from this day forward, you would help me, that you would be with me, that you would comfort me, that you would give me the peace that only you can give, and that you would teach me the way I should live my life. Jesus, today I want to be a real Christian. I want to live my life for you, so come into my life and help me to do just that. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for what you've done for me. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Friends, uh, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask us all to do something before we continue in our worship. I'm going to ask us all, would you, everybody just take out their cell phone for me? Y'all just amuse me. Just take out your cell phone. It's okay to do that. Even if it starts ringing, just take out your cell phone. If you prayed that prayer with me today and you received that gift, I'm just going to ask that you would text yes Jesus to the number 555-888 and let us know that you made that decision today. We want to send you a free resource that's going to help you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Just text yes Jesus to 555-888. We'd love to give you that free resource. And everybody else who took out your phone, thank you. Take a selfie. All right. You know, send it to a loved one. Tell them to come back tomorrow to our 3 o'clock and our 5 o'clock service. We'd love to have them. And then I also want to just encourage you, be here for our January series. Is God really good? Is he someone you can really trust? That's what we're going to talk about starting in January. Friends, we're going to continue worship. Just know I love you. Appreciate you. Merry Christmas.